Hello, welcome to the second episode of the second season of the Leadership Outlook podcast. This is the place where we talk about leadership and how to succeed as a leader in a digital working environment. I'm Breno Oliveira with Nadia Harris, and today we'll talk about motivation and engagement in the workplace with our guest, Tim Kakir. Hi, Tim. How are you today? I'm great. Thank you so much. And thanks for inviting me to your amazing podcast. Exciting to be here. It's our pleasure to have you here. Why don't you start introducing yourself to our audience? That would be great. Yes, of course. My name is Tim. Uh, yeah, and the last name is a bit difficult, so don't worry about it. It's uh, Kakir Chakir. I don't <laughs> even know where it's because I'm half Turkish, half French. Uh, and uh, yeah, so uh, I, I still don't know how to say my last name in English, so that's okay. And um, basically, I've came uh, from a sales background into marketing. And uh, luckily, from marketing, I was able to switch to more operational roles and I've been helping companies uh, grow internally with um, optimizing their their structure, helping the employees feel more comfortable, and also optimizing the processes. And that's basically what I do. And I call this like growth consultancy. And I've been helping um, many, many startups, around seven, eight startups in the last five years, some of them to hit $30 million valuations. And um, that, that's okay. kind of me. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, you've always been uh, really humble, so you have actually much, much broader expertise than that. Um, and I'm sure that this is what our listeners are going to discover during this episode of our podcast, um, because for sure you'll be sharing tons of hints. And well, you know, the topic today is motivation and engagement. I've been asked so many times recently on how to foster motivation and engagement um, among people at work, especially when you're a leader. So I think that you're the best person, literally the best person I know, to ask that question. So, Tim, is there a magic recipe? Um, is there something that we can do to ensure motivation and engagement? Yeah, I think it's definitely uh, energy, being energetic. And and just to go back to that intro a little bit, you're absolutely right. I didn't mention about my professor roles, maybe. That's and, right. And, you know, I have to, yeah, I have to make sure that 25 students have to also be engaged during a three-hour course on a Zoom meeting, you know. And, and obviously, those are just students. So I've been doing that for companies, for employees, and for students. So I think that the first thing is, is as a leader or whoever... You don't, you don't even have to be a leader to make sure that that meeting um, is, is engaging and is fun, right? So how does that start? I think it starts really by being very natural and organic, right? Being yourself. You don't have to, like those days of, you know, showing up to work and putting your tie on and being very formal, that's gone. Those days are completely gone. So be yourself, bring your character, right? If everybody brings their character into the team, then it's it's a really nice uh, place to work. And that makes everybody motivated from each other's energy. And everybody wants to engage because you're accepting uh, one another like how they are, right? You don't have to uh, fit a role that the company has decided. The company has employed you because you are unique. Yeah, I agree with that. And uh, how can we tie it out with OKRs? Because Nadia mentioned that we are very much into it. So that, how do, would they work together, motivation and OKRs? 
Absolutely. I think I think this is very exciting, this question. Thank you for even asking it. Why? Because uh, I've been working on this uh, problem as well. 90% of the companies cannot implement OKRs properly, right? There is about 10% of the companies that do it okay, right? They don't even do it perfectly, <laughs> right? It, it is true. It, it's a difficult concept, right, to always um, have the direction uh, to that goal and to that uh, objective and to hit those key results. So um, how you can tie that in, it's, it's amazing. It's by ideation, right? So the company will say that uh, our goal this uh, quarter, you know, it's to hit X, Y, Z amount of users or whatever, right? And then they should open up an ideation to the whole team, to the whole company and say, hey, we accept everybody's ideas to bring your ideas, right? Towards this goal. How can you contribute to this goal of the company, to this big picture? And then what happens is employees, they feel... Um, heard, they feel recognized, they feel that they're contributing to the big picture. And this is where motivation and engagement becomes so natural that OKR starts becoming quite successful, in my opinion. But how, to, how to break it down when it comes to the top level structure of companies? You know that some companies or many companies are still with this top down approach. How can mm -hmm. you break it down to make sure that the engagement is high and also we keep people motivated? Absolutely. I mean, I think it's, you know, the goal is to flatten the hierarchy, right? And how can you flatten hierarchy is by uh, understanding that the CEO's idea is not always the best idea. The CEO is not the guy who brings everything to the table because if not, you know, you wouldn't need all these employees, right? You would just yeah, need uh, duplicates of yourself, yeah. right? And, and, and sadly, some CEOs, they do think that they want every employee to be like them. They sometimes, they say, this is not what I had in my mind or this is not how I saw, how I see it. It's like, well, however you, however you see it, go do it then yourself, right? But you have these people together. Yeah, I, I know it's funny, but it is sad that we still see this around the world. You know, you employ amazing people, you pay, uh, you know, uh, amazing price salaries to these people and then you want to limit them to your vision right so bring everybody so that you can hear their vision and how to do that it's it's been um, truthful and being transparent right the ceo brings an idea if you use the prioritization framework like rice pie ice brass i don't know there's so many of them right uh, you can even invent your own Right? And then you take the CEO's idea and you take the marketing assistant idea. The marketing assistant idea scores higher than the CEO's idea. This doesn't mean that we're going to put the CEO's idea because it scored lower, right? So yeah, suddenly the team sees that, oh, wow, okay, the CEO is, is coming down, it's flattened the hierarchy, the marketing intern's idea gets in place and the marketing intern's idea uh, becomes a successful idea and brings 15% growth. The CEO will also come to the marketing intern and say, wow, I respect you. Thank you so much for helping my company grow, right? At the end of the day, I think that will motivate any other employee. It will even motivate the CEO towards his, his employees and be like, I want to listen to more of my employees. Yeah, and I, I think it's... You know, Tim... Uh oh, Renault. Okay, go ahead. Thanks, Nadia. So what I want to say is that uh, it's a little bit about product management, isn't it? Um, that people uh, with higher rank in the company, they should be more focused towards the vision mm -hmm. and not the how how should be uh, given to, to the employees. So given that they have the proper skill sets, right? They know what to do. And Absolutely. Do I mean, I think that the CEOs or the leaders in a company should... Um should be with the with the long term picture. They should be focused on that vision, on that you know, and and then the employees, the teams should focus on how to achieve that day day in and day out. And that's really 
what's going to happen that we're going to see is that uh, machine learning and tools and all these amazing technologies will do most of the work, but humans can do something that machines can't do, is think outside the box, is to bring new ideas, to be creative. And that's what we should take from team members. And the CEO should be able to look at their team members, facilitate uh, a space for them to create the best ideas possible and to remind and to lead with example towards the, the vision. Yeah, I mean, I was just about to ask um, a question. And I think actually I'm still going to ask it. Um because I get it a lot. People ask me about it a lot. So what's the difference in terms of motivation and engagement uh, in the remote environment versus on site? Because I think this is exactly what you just said, that it's a systemic change. So all that what you've just explained actually is so transparent and it basically ensures a great outcome, no matter if the environment is remote or it's on site, right? I mean, on site, remote, there's pros and cons, but I think that there's so much more pros being on remote. You know, it's your own space, but you can connect when you want and be with your team members and so on. But I think I think you're absolutely right. Those coffees, right? Going to have a coffee and while waiting at the coffee machine and chatting to each other, that's, that's awesome, right? There's great engagement. But you can do that. You can do that online as well. You have tools like Tandem, you know, that are, are, you can see all the employees there live and you can just send a voice note and be like, hey, let's jump on a digital coffee or whatever. The thing with remote that we don't do yet is to think about these interactions, right? We've been thinking about the remote interaction just to say, all right, I'm going to do my job. I'm going to show up to meetings. Let's not think about just that. Let's think about repeating that experience about that coffee place experience on a digital world. I do that day in, day out because I work on my own in my office, right? And you, and you can get lonely. You absolutely can get lonely. You work nine hours, 10 hours a day. You might feel lonely. So what do I do? I say, hey, Nadia. Hey, Breno. Do you have 10 minutes? Let's have a coffee. Let's have a break. Let's chat. What did you do in the weekend? And then we'll jump on a Zoom or we'll do on Tandem or on Slack video. Who cares? But we have to want to do this i think that because we're not on site anymore we think it's not possible and we don't try it if we try it we see that it, it's it's incredible and you'll win a lot from it and you'll make amazing uh, connections yeah we actually recorded um a video about it when you were my guest uh, mm -hmm. on my channel over a month ago so we talked about it that actually in 2020 we met more people than before, right? And we actually built really great relationships uh, with people from all around the world. And that was, personally for me, it was an amazing experience. So I think everybody can do it. We just have to give it a try. We just have to open up. And um, I think that this year and now, it's going to be really important to stress that we should strengthen uh, the relationships between people so that this whole environment, digital environment, just doesn't stay superficial, that it's not just about Zoom calls, reporting, and then people constantly asking, how do I monitor what my people do, uh, what my team does, and how do I measure the, their engagement? Um, it's more about the human touch this is what oh we should God. really <laughs> oh put God. on that, the table. That that Nadia has to go. That has to go. That you know is my employee working? I don't know if they're working. 
they're not with me so i don't know i can't monitor them that ceos and leaders you have to get that out of your head right you employ teams who wants to work for the bigger picture you don't want teams that doesn't work anyways even if you have to monitor them you know then those are not the right people they're not to your vision they are not contributing to the big picture and that does happen sadly right and that's when you have to let some people go but if you do have a clear uh, onboarding and a clear recruitment strategy you know and Nadia is an expert on this right then you make sure that you bring the right people that has the same vision or or they contribute to the vision they do believe in your vision then you don't have to monitor them if they worked on Thursday for four hours if they care, they'll work on a Saturday another four hours and make sure that they do their hours, right? It's not even hours, it's the output. It's the output that they want to bring. So I absolutely urge everybody uh, to get out of this mindset of are my employees working and how do I monitor that? Monitor them from their output, monitor it from their creativity. And I think that just going back to, uh, to the um, engagement, communication and meeting new people, there are some amazing companies doing this. During lockdown, we had Lunch Club that, uh, that launched. Yeah, Lunch Club is an absolute amazing thing. I've met about 48 to 50 people, I think, in the last uh, few months on Lunch Club. And super interesting profiles that if I was on site, I would have never met them, right? Uh, if I was just in Barcelona and going around to meetups, I would only meet people from here. Suddenly, I met people from uh, India, Poland, US, from everywhere around the world, which before we didn't do this. Yeah, I, I really believe that uh, the future is results driven instead of hour driven, right? Because anyway, you are expecting results, not hours. That's why many projects fail, many, many products fail, right? You, you don't want really people to be working on something for nothing. And hours by themselves, they're just hours. You can spend like eight hours doing anything, but you can spend two hours delivering a lot. I, I, I really agree with that. And uh, touching a little bit on your education background, the fact that you give uh, lectures, right? Uh, do you think there will be a shift mm -hmm. or there is a trend there that will be more towards a... Uh, knowledge mindset instead of diploma mindset, you know? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Absolutely. I mean, absolutely. I'm laughing when when I have to answer this because I'm doing right now, you know, I've studied, uh, I'm teaching and so on, but I love to learn. I love to keep learning uh, every day, you know. And right now I'm doing um, a sprint course, what they call like a sprint, they say, uh, from section four. Uh, this is run by uh, Scott Galloway, uh, or Prof G, uh, his nickname. Uh, he's a professor at NYU Stern uh, Business School. And this education platform, it's, it's one of the best I've seen lately. Why? We learn frameworks. We learn things that we can go and implement day in and day out. You know, we learn the latest trends on company frameworks and processes. When I went to school, and I'm sorry if anybody from my school listens to this, uh, any professional <laughs> from my school, any of my ex-teachers, I had a really bad education. I went to a French school in Istanbul, and it was a private, high-end, high-class school. Um, and you would expect the education to be great, right? It was great. Some people find it very useful, but it was just theory, right? It was history, theory, and, and things that I never, ever used in my life since, right? And I had to learn these things. Now that I'm studying things like Section 4 or, you know, Code Academy or Growth Tribe and these certificates or not even cert... You don't even need a certificate. I just need the knowledge, right? These frameworks. When I get that, 
I use them the next day or I use them while I'm learning them. My mind starts switching its way of thinking uh, towards the framework and school has never done that to me. Yeah, I, yeah, come on, I cannot agree more with that. Uh, and if we uh, talk a little bit on the uh, agile concept, right, the concept of agility, it's all about experimenting, right? You need to experiment, check the results, adapt, experiment again, right? And if you are too much attached to the theory, we're not going to experiment anything. You are taking everything for granted and therefore you arrive somewhere that you think that you know and then when the outcome shows something different, you just feel lost, right? You, um, you lose your grounds, yeah? Absolutely, Breno. And I mean, we saw this sadly with the COVID. Nobody expected this, right? You had to change your mindset. You have to ID it very quickly. You have to experiment new things. You know, theory and what the future holds, nobody can tell you that what's, what's correct or what's wrong. You have to go yourself, as you said, and test and experiment and learn from it. You have to definitely fail. You know, if you're failing, though, sometimes I say, yeah, go fail. And then people tell me, they're like, oh, wow, Tim, that's not a nice thing to say. They told me in Spain in a in a keynote speech and then they said why are you saying to people to fail and so i had to correct myself and i said fail but when you fail make sure that you know why you fail you know don't just fail for failing you know some people just like oh yeah i failed 100 times okay what did you learn from it um, <laughs> nothing <laughs> so it's not the... failing for the sake of failing <laughs> yeah exactly right? <laughs> that's not the goal so i had to correct myself i said please do fail but learn from those failures make sure you're tracking that <laughs> yes exactly that's what you just mentioned Education. I mean, the education that I uh, received was supposed to be great too, which was not always the case. Well, except the MBA that I did with Reno, that was absolutely amazing. And I definitely have to stress it here. But I've been thinking about it a lot lately that um, the truth is that it's really just about theory. And maybe that's the reason why we don't think out of the box by nature, because we just, we are taught to follow theory, right? Uh, repeat things. Um, and then when we face change, we are so reluctant to it because pretty much what is expected from us is to learn all the knowledge, all this theory, and then we'll learn it by heart and then respond to questions that somebody asks us about it, right? I think so. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, and 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 I'm not saying that education is not important. On the contrary, but uh, I think uh, this uh, mindset of being creative is something that, if you think a little bit deeper on that, is a corporate paradox because you hire someone based on their uh, their papers, right? Mm -hmm. But you expect the results based on uh, creativity in how how they uh, how they are solution driven, and how how can we balance both of them, right? Because it's not also the extreme, right? We need to find somewhere in, um, in the middle. I think I, I think so as well. But um, just to highlight here, I think education sector is one of the sectors that uh, is begging for more innovation. You know, there's been some innovation going on, but it's not enough. You know, you go to some countries in the world and you hear the, you know, the public systems education and you're like, oh my God, are we in 2021 or what? You know, you, you know, you, 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 yeah. feel, you feel like it's like hundred years ago. They're still talking about, you know, the mathematical formula that somebody discovered. Hey dude, we have a calculator now. You know, like it's okay. I don't have to know that formula. I'm sorry, but I don't. If I'm going to do finance or math, Yes, let me learn that. But if I'm just doing a straight normal education and I'm going to become a professional in marketing, I do not need that education. So I think education has to be super personalized to what we want to become. And 
to know what we want to become is very difficult. So I don't know how we're going to be able to innovate on that space. But I think there are some really great things being tried, like the section four that I mentioned, or these uh, amazing online digital certificates that are very custom to certain people's uh, needs and um, to their passion areas. Yeah, um, on a positive note, I had some experience uh, preparing for a certification on the scrum.org and I really enjoyed that experience. I had an experience that we were uh, all in a Zoom meeting, we were 10 people, around 10 people, and uh, the person who was uh, leading and conducting the training knew how to use all the fe features and functionalities. So we were using Miro mm -hmm. and Zoom. And I can tell you and I can guarantee you 100% that that class was way better than 99% of all the, the, uh, the on-site classes that I had. He was taking like three people, random people, putting in one, uh, in, in one chat, talking to them, creating different small projects. That was really amazing. So I, I truly believe that the future is digital and uh, sooner than later, this shift will happen. Mm -hmm. And it has to be interactive. And, and maybe I'm going to send out a message, if you guys allow me here, to my uh, professor colleagues and, and anyone in education. You know, um, I try everything I can to make that Zoom call exciting, as you said. I'll bring the mirror. I'll bring a Kahoot quiz. I'll have a green screen and I'll do silly backgrounds. You know, I'll, I'll try my best to make sure that it's interactive, it's engaging, it's funny, but still uh, adds a lot of value. And I have a lot of schools that want to give me more classes because they're like, oh, some of our teachers, you know, they, they're, they're scared of being on a Zoom call. And I don't blame them because that's what they've been teaching for 20 years, right? But you, we have to innovate. They have to innovate. We're in a world where schools closed suddenly and they told me, hey, all your classes are online. And what did I do? I, I did invest a little bit. I went, I bought a good camera. I, I, I bought a green screen. I found an amazing app called mm -hmm, which is M-M-H-M-M. It's the hardest name you can ever find, but they love it. The CEO is, is an absolute funny character as well. And I can show presentations behind me now. I don't have to share my screen in a separate screen where you don't see me, you only see the screen. You see me, I can go transparent, I can go small on the screen. Yeah, it's, it's awesome. My students go, wow, we want more classes. We want to learn from you, right? They get excited. When they're excited, they're already motivated and they're engaged. And that, right, I've done 90% of, of my job there. They're engaged and then I just drop them value. I just drop them knowledge, you know, and they go test it themselves and they come. They're like, wow, we've learned a lot. Thank you. You know, and I feel so much better. Okay. All right. That was actually great. Um, I really enjoyed our conversation. So um, it's about time that I wrap up. Mm, okay. So what are the major takeaways today? I'd say definitely be yourself. Okay. Uh, if you're willing to be a leader, don't forget the human touch. Be natural. Remember that it's all about relationships. Okay. Uh, don't follow old, outdated patterns just because somebody tells you it's always been that way. And most importantly, um, think and act out of the box. Thank you so much, Tim. Uh, it's been a great pleasure with you here today. I'm absolutely sure that our audience enjoyed our conversation. Many thanks. Thank you so much for having me here. Thank you, Nadia. Thank you, Breno. Thank you to all the listeners. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you, team. Bye.